are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. And indeed, you are here for a reason. This is Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. The theme behind the show is live right in the real world. We will expose the real world to you, and then you decide how to live right. But you're not just here for me today. I have a very special guest with me today, in, and one of your favorites, by the way, in Cisco Wheeler. Uh, before I bring Cisco on, I'm just going to give a little bit of an introduction and in what uh, we are going to give today, because today is going to be somewhat of an unusual show. And what I mean by that is, if you heard the Sunday broadcast, I had foretold what the content of this particular broadcast would be, and that is we're going to be discussing the synagogue of Satan. Now, we did this show about a year ago, and I'm going to play pretty much the same 10-minute clip as I did a year ago. And when the Lord told me to do this show again, I'm quite honestly, I just didn't understand exactly why. But I think I've got some more clues to this. And uh, Cisco is going to be breaking some news today. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a shocker, uh, to some of you. Well, I'd say to each one of you is a matter of fact, and we're going to be putting together a couple of clips and the reasons will be a little bit of a mystery, but here's what I heard from the Lord that he is going to be planting some seeds today with this show. And some of you, in fact, I'd say a majority of you, because you're a very astute audience, as the days, weeks, and months go on, these little seeds that are going to be planted from this show today are going to start to grow. You're going to start to see things that you haven't seen before. You're going to start to come up with some realizations that you didn't even think were possible. If you think you're awake now, uh, the Lord's going to be doing much greater revelation for you. And we are going to be starting in the book of Revelation. But first, without further ado, let me bring on my very special, well, she's not a guest. She is my co-host, and she's part of the Right On Radio family and one of my favorite people in the world and of course, it is none other than famed author Cisco Wheeler. Oh, Jeff, that's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Love much for you. I should have my glasses on, but I wanted to put it up. Uh, we will be talking about uh, some of. Her book today, uh, Behold a White Horse by Cisco Wheeler, 
it is available on Amazon and other platforms. You can search and choose uh, the where you want to buy it from. I will tell you, it is a thick book. It is jam-packed. It unlocks almost everything that we talk about and we reveal in great detail. It definitely should be part of your arsenal. But beyond that, uh, and by the way, Cisco never asks me to do this. <laughs> But I want to say uh, you should join Cisco's Patreon. Uh, you will be so encouraged by the messages that she sends out. Uh, and not only that, but you get additional works uh, when you become a Patreon member uh, that she has done, like the Illuminati, Illuminati formula and things like that. She gifts to you at certain levels, and you really get to have uh, conversations with Cisco. She's very active on her Patreon. And so I would encourage you uh, to join her Patreon. And I'm going to put the link below uh, in the description box if you do choose to support and uh, to join Cisco on her Patreon. So now that I got that all out of the way, are you excited to have Revelation brought forward today, Cisco? Yes, I am. I always am excited uh, to know that God is moving in the hearts of the people and bringing understanding and revelation knowledge to, to the church. I'm always happy to see people maturing and growing in God and being able to get out of denial and get out of that false anointing that covers the church. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if you saw it, but I, you know, I'm I've been watch I watch Mark Taylor a lot, and man, he did a really powerful show on the the McFiles uh, last night. I encourage people to watch it. He gave a uh, prophecy from 2016 that talks about essentially what's happening in Ukraine right now, and what's interesting to me is what we're going to bring forward today the synagogue of Satan, how is this relevant to current events? How is this relevant to Ukraine? It has everything to do with it. I agree with you. Continue, Jeff. <laughs> well, listen, let me, uh, let me cue up a video for you. Uh, this is one I played last year. Uh, if you heard it before and you know, if you've been following us for a long time, you probably have, I would suggest to you, listen to this entire clip again. And we are going to be uh, playing a clip of this pastor, Stephen Anderson. Uh, he is a very controversial pastor. He's been called America's hate pastor. He, uh, by the way, he has said some things that, uh, although maybe I agree in in principle, that uh, are shocking to me, and I probably do not agree with uh, some things that he has said. However, this particular teaching is the best I have found that addresses this subject. And I want you to listen very, very carefully to the words, because you're going to get a lot of scripture here. And some uh, opinion and some clarity and some talking around it, but you're going to get a lot of scripture. And again, this is very important to today 
it is, uh, and, and by the way, the synagogue of Satan, I'll just mention this. Uh, it's mentioned twice in Revelation. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 9, and in Revelation 3, verse 9. Uh, this particular one that's going to be the focus of today is Revelation 2, verse 9. And he's going to start in 8 uh, and then go into 9. So just give me a second here so I can share my screen. And Cisco, we'll come back in about uh, 10 minutes or so, and we will discuss what we have seen here. Absolutely. The angel of the church in Smyrna write, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Of course, Jesus Christ speaking there. He says in verse nine, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. So here's a church that's a hardworking church, but they're going through some trials and tribulations. He says they have poverty, but look what he says there in parenthesis, but thou art rich. See, physically they were poor. They didn't have any money on this earth, but they were rich in good works. And look what he says next. And I know the blasphemy of them, which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation 10 days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So he talks about the fact that they're going through tribulation, and he said that they were suffering and that they should not fear the things that they're suffering. He says, you're going to be cast into prison. Be faithful unto death. He's talking about people being killed for the cause of Christ, going into prison for the cause of Christ. And in the midst of this, he throws in this, this statement, I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Now, what is that statement doing in the midst of a discussion about tribulation, persecution, uh, prison, martyrdom? Why bring up the synagogue of Satan? Why bring up these people who say they are Jews and are not, but do lie? Well, it, it's very easy to understand once you identify who the synagogue of Satan is. Go to Romans chapter 2, if you would. Romans chapter 2. Now, I've heard a lot of preaching that discussed the synagogue of Satan, and I personally have never heard any preacher that I listen to properly identify the synagogue of Satan. And it always boggled my mind because to me, it's very obvious when you just read this passage and take it for what it says, who the synagogue of Satan are. First of all, they are someone who says that they're a Jew. Now, doesn't that eliminate a lot of people right away? I mean, does everybody that you know say that they're a Jew? Does every religion on this planet claim to be Jews and say, we're Jews, I'm a Jew? No. Whoever the synagogue of Satan are, they are people who say that they're Jews. But are they Jews? No, they're not. Now, the other thing that you should notice is that this group is called the synagogue of Satan. Does every religion have synagogues? Does every person go to a synagogue or is every person a member of a synagogue? No. But if we look at this, it's very obvious when we think about the fact that there is a group of people in this world who do go to a synagogue who do have a synagogue and who say that they are Jews and are not part of the synagogue of Satan. And that is people who follow the religion of Judaism. Now you say, wait a minute, Pastor Anderson. 
There's no way that's the synagogue of Satan because they're saying that they're Jews and they really are Jews. Can't you see that they're Jews, Pastor Anderson? You know, these people, they go to the synagogue and they practice Judaism. Can't you tell by, you know, the black hat that they're wearing? Can't you tell by, you know, the way that they dress and the, the, the maybe the little hat that they have on the back of their head? Can't you see the kosher meal being ordered on the airplane and know that these are Jews, Pastor Anderson? But hold on a second. Are they really Jews? These that go to a Jewish synagogue? These that practice the religion of Judaism? Well, look down at your Bible. The Bible says in Romans 2.28, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. So could it be that there are some that we look at outwardly and say, hey, there's a Jew. Yep, that's a Jew. And really, they're not a Jew. He says, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So let me ask him, do you think that the guy that Paul's talking about in Romans 2, who he says, well, he's not a Jew, which is one outwardly, do you think that guy goes around saying he's a Jew? I'll bet you he does. Of course he does. But Paul says, nope, he's not a Jew. He says he's one, but he's not. I'll prove it to you further. Look at Philippians 3. Keep in mind, Philippi is a city of Macedonia. Paul is writing unto the Gentiles in Philippians 3. And look what he says in verse 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice, listen to this, in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So according to that, who's the true circumcision? Those who rejoice in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you this. Does the Jewish synagogue or the religion of Judaism rejoice in Christ Jesus? What does Christ mean? Christ means Messiah. Does Judaism teach that Jesus is the Messiah? No, Judaism does not teach that Jesus is the Messiah. They don't rejoice in Christ Jesus. Then let me tell you something. They are not the circumcision. You say, well, they're physically circumcised. That means nothing in the sight of God. God says that the true circumcision that matters today in the New Testament is the circumcision of the heart and the spirit. And it's those who rejoice in Christ Jesus that are the circumcision. He said he's not a Jew, which is one outwardly. He's a Jew, which is one inwardly. Circumcision is not that outward circumcision in the flesh. It's the circumcision of the heart and the spirit. And so those who practice the religion of Judaism, they say they're Jews, but they're not Jews because they're not inwardly a Jew. They're not circumcised in the heart. They don't rejoice in Christ Jesus. And by the way, he said, and have no confidence in the flesh. They're trusting in the flesh today to save them. They're trusting in works to save them. They don't trust in the faith of Jesus Christ to save them. Now, look at 1 John 2. You say, Pastor Anderson, you, you're not meaning to say that they're the synagogue of Satan. Where does Satan come into play? Well, look at, look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. The Bible says, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come. Now, is that singular or plural? Singular. As you've heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. So there's one guy singular that's called the Antichrist that's coming. But then there are also many Antichrists, plural, whereby we know that it's the last time. Let's get a little insight into who these Antichrists are. Look at verse 22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. So the Bible says 
that someone who's an antichrist is someone who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Now, in order to deny that Jesus is the Christ, you have to believe that there is a Christ, but that it's not Jesus. Because if you're going to deny that Jesus is the Christ, that means you believe that there's the Christ, but that that's not Jesus. Well, what religion out there teaches that there's a Messiah? Because remember, Christ means Messiah. In John 1, it says we have found the Messiah, which is to say being interpreted the Christ. What religion out there teaches that there's a Messiah coming, but it's not Jesus? Judaism. They teach that Jesus was not the Messiah. And so the Jews today are, are uh, antichrist. Now you say, oh, you're racist, you're anti-Semitic. No, I'm not talking about a nationality, my friend. I'm not talking about a race. There are people that are of the, 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 the lineage of the tribe of Judah, you know, that come from the, 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 the land of Israel today that believe on Jesus Christ. They're saved. They are God's people. But when I'm talking about the Jews being the synagogue of Satan, I'm talking about just that, the synagogue of Satan. Is a synagogue a race or is a synagogue a religion? I mean, a synagogue is a religion. And so when he says the synagogue of Satan, we're not talking about people that are racially Jews, quote unquote. We're talking about people who follow a religion that teaches another Messiah that is not the Lord Jesus Christ. That is an antichrist religion. Those who deny that Jesus is the Christ the Bible, look, I'll just read it again for you. It's so clear. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist. That's saying anyone who denies that Jesus is the Messiah is antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Because you say, well, the Jews, they worship the same God we do. They just don't believe in Jesus, but they do worship the same God. Well, look what it says in verse 23. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. So according to this, they don't have the Father. You say, no, they have the Father, they just don't have the Son. You know, they, they, they understand and believe in God the Father, it does not, no, no, if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you don't believe in God the Father. They believe in another God that is not God the Father from the Holy Bible because it's impossible to believe on the Father. That's why... That's why even Jesus said, if you believed Moses, you'd believe me, for he spake of me. That proves that the, those who follow the religion of Judaism don't even believe Moses. You say, well, they believe the first five books of the Bible. According to Jesus, they don't believe any of the Bible, because if they believed any of it, they'd believe on Jesus. If they had the Father, they'd have the Son. If they believed in Moses, they believe in the New Testament. You see, they just flat out don't believe the Bible because they are part of a religion that, according to the Bible, is an antichrist religion. You say, well, Judaism is pretty close. And, and some people even say this, Judeo-Christian religion. No. How about just Christian? Because Judaism has nothing to do with Christianity. It's a false religion. It's an antichrist religion. And I got news for you. The Bible's got a name for it. The synagogue of Satan. Now, the reason I make such a, a big deal about that, and let's go to one more place, 1 Thessalonians 2. It's because a lot of people today have bought into this uh, philosophy. Sometimes it's known as Zionism, and uh, sometimes it's known as dispensationalism. But basically, this doctrine that teaches that the Jews are God's chosen people. I'm sure you've all probably heard that before. You say, well, the Jews, they're God's chosen people. Now, we're talking about people that don't even believe in Jesus. 
We're talking about people that believe in another Messiah, another Christ, their antichrist. The Bible calls them the synagogue of Satan. And they say these Jews that don't even believe in Jesus, they say those are God's chosen people just by virtue of their ethnicity. They just are automatically God's chosen people. And here's what they say. If you bless them, God will bless you. And if you curse them, God will curse you. That's not what the Bible teaches. That promise was made unto Abraham and to his seed. That seed was Christ. He said, if you're in Christ, you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Read Galatians 3, my friend. It's crystal clear. But look at this. Tell me if this sounds like the Jews who do not believe in Christ are under God's blessing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. So we're talking about the Jews that, what? Killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, and they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins all the way. Watch this. For the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. So according to this, God's wrath is on the Jews, not his blessing. Why does that surprise you when the Bible says, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Didn't God tell us that the wrath of God abided on those who don't believe on his son, Jesus Christ? If Judaism does not believe on the son, his wrath is on them, not his blessing. And so this doctrine that says they are God's chosen people, they are under his blessing, they are the elect of God, that is just a false doctrine, plain and simple. I mean, the Bible just simply does not teach that. Now go back, if you would, to Revelation 2 with that in mind. Now, what did we just read in 1 Thessalonians 2 that the Jews were guilty of? Well, killing Jesus, killing the prophets, and persecuting the apostles of Jesus Christ. Read the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, the early believers are always being persecuted, aren't they? They're constantly being thrown in prison. They're constantly under attack. And notice, who is always the one doing the persecuting? Every time. It's always the Jews. I mean, look. In, in Acts, you won't find the Romans persecuting Christians. I'm not saying it didn't happen later. I'm saying in Bible times, in the book of Acts, the one group that is always the one persecuting the Christians is the Jews. Now, doesn't that make perfect sense with what he says here in Revelation 2? When he says, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer, verse 10. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation 10 days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. So isn't it interesting? Right after he says, I know the blasphemy of them which stay there, Jews are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. He starts talking about how they're going to be thrown in prison and killed. Why? Because he's referring to persecution that's going to come at the hand of the Jews. Because that's who was persecuting the Christians at that time. Wow. <laughs> So, Cisco, yes. the last time I did this episode a year ago, right before I published it, after we had recorded the episode, Jesse and I, I heard this little voice in my head saying, 
you're going to be ruined professionally when you publish this. And boy, did that ever come true. <laughs> and and not only that, not only was I ruined professionally in, because of this, in my humble opinion, but on that same day, we were called out by Somerset Belanoff. And I just think, Lord, what do you have in store for us this time? And I give the Lord praise in advance, and I say thank you. And I, I probably, this is just my flesh speaking at this point, Cisco, but I should say that I'm very happy in life. <laughs> and <laughs> I love life. I love the plan that God has for me. And I plan on sticking it around. And I know that God's protection is upon myself, just as he has protected you all these years so, Cisco, what did you think of that breakdown of the synagogue of Satan? Well, I guess my next question would be, how deep do you want the hole to go? <laughs> well, let, let's let's focus on that, and we'll get to our next topic, which, which will uh, lead into uh, the part pages of your book that we've put aside. But uh, just strictly speaking on the synagogue of Satan, and yeah, you can go into uh, the Rosicrucians and things like that, wherever you, listen, wherever the Lord leads you is good with me. Well, you're never going to understand the New World Order or the Antichrist or the spirit of the Antichrist until you understand the bloodlines, until you understand the blue bird or the blue bloods until you understand who who is the Illuminati and who are they and why are they so powerful until you understand the two seed lines you are never going to understand the Illuminati never 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 uh, so this goes back to the war between two seeds right right to the let, well, let's go there, Cisco. Oh, my goodness. You really want me in trouble, don't you? Um, well, yes, because I like company. <laughs> oh, wait. Let's join the party. <laughs> well, let's go to the New Testament. And let's go to the modern English Bible. And let's talk about the spirit of Cain. Who was Cain? Cain was the first murderer. Scripture says he was the son of the devil. That's his seed line. If you go into Genesis and you study the genealogy of Adam, Cain is not listed. He's not there. Because he was not the son of Adam. He was the son of Lucifer. So let's go to the Living Bible. And this is what the Living Bible says. We are not to be like Cain who belonged to Satan. The New English Bible, unlike Cain, who is a child of the evil one. The New Century Bible, do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one. The New Jerusalem Bible, not to be like Cain, who was from the evil one. And the popular co uh, commentaries confirm the same thing. Uh, he, Cain, is said to have belonged to the family of the wicked one. We're talking about the seed line here. So uh, that begs the question, you know, uh, it's popular belief that, you know, 
Eve took a bite of an apple. But is that just figurative speech? Because obviously she was impregnated by Lucifer. Okay. There's so many directions you can take with this, okay? I do cover it in my book. It's called, um, uh, what is that called? My goodness, I don't even know the chapters in my own book. I got too many of them. It's called The Darkest Sentences of the Babylon. Okay. But if you go to uh, John 8, 44, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and proclaimed, Ye are of your father, the devil. He's talking about Cain. The term of, if you look it up, the meaning means generation, offspring. That is the root of the word of, means offspring. They were of the physical seed of the father, the devil. Forget about this apple. This is nothing but nonsense. Because until you understand the seed line, you're never going to understand good and evil. It's absolutely impossible. Uh, trees are often used as metaphors in regards to people. Jesus was the tree of life. Before Adam even had a chance to consummate his relationship with Eve, she was already pregnant with Lucifer's child Cain. And that is what the Illuminati bloodlines of the New World Order don't want you to know. They don't want you to know this. They are Cain's seed of the wicked one. And it is this bloodline of Cain that is working together through the council of the vast wealth around the world that is bringing in the Antichrist. I don't know how to say it any plainer. And if you get into the parables, you'd have to get my book to understand this, but you have to understand the parables of the wheat and the tares. Yes. I don't know how to really... Okay, the good seed is the son of man. That was the righteous seed. Remember Satan came to destroy. Why he wanted to kill Christ is because he wanted to destroy the seed line, the righteous seed of Christ himself. Because he knew if Christ came as a redeemer, it was over. Mm -hmm. So he tried to destroy the seed line through Christ. It didn't work, did it? No, and he, throughout the ages, he has always tried that. Right, uh, right. And he didn't prevent it. And uh, he's still trying. Yeah, well, because think, he hates us. What do you think? A lot of the rituals, the blood sacrifices within uh, witchcraft, they're in mockery of that seed line. They want to kill the righteous seed. They want Satan hates the righteous seed. Remember when... Uh, before Lucifer fell, he walked on the coals of fire. And he said, who is this man that is un just under God and higher than I? Who is he? Ask yourself today what this, what Lucifer must have thought when he walked out through the coals of fire. Envy entered into his heart. Because he saw the creation of Adam coming. He saw the creation of Adam coming. And who is this man that's higher than me? And yet, just under God. 
and created in his image and his likeness. See, I truly believe that when God created Adam, how do I explain this? I believe everything that God was, Yahweh God the Father, everything that God was, it was internal. He carried his whole essence was within himself. And when he spoke, the glory of his essence filled the earth. He created the heavens and the earth. And when he spoke, and when that essence spoke, it was alive. That's the eternal life force that created all things. And when that eternal life force that was so deep in his innermost being of God himself, Adam was spoken into existence from the dust of the earth. His spirit was in the earth. I believe Adam's spirit was in the earth because the scripture tells us that when Christ created Adam, he laid over him. He outstretched his arms and he covered him with his arms and his legs and he breathed his living soul into him, which was the essence of who God is. See, God's like a ball. And inside that ball is the essence of who God is. And he, and by faith, he spoke and it was finished. That's how creation was done. It was just spoke. Ooh, yeah. All he had to do is speak it because he is the es essence of life itself. It's that eternal life force. So at some point, Lucifer being who he was, the great archangel, when you think of how he was created, he was above all the other angels. He was created in the image and the likeness of God also. So therefore, he had the essence of God himself. So he had to have had the full understanding, the full knowledge of, of what Adam was going to be. Because he said it himself, who is this man that's higher than me? And who is this, this man that's it's just under God? So he had foresight. He had foreknowledge. And that's why jealousy entered into his heart. But it goes so deep. It goes back to everything that we know. The seed. The seed line. Satan hates the seed line. He always has, and he's done as much as he hates the seed line of Adam, he has vehemently fought to keep the Cain line as pure as possible as well. That's the blue blood, yes. yes. Explain where the term blue bloods comes from, if you can. Oh, you just want me to dig a hole that's so deep. You're never going to get out of the hole. <laughs> okay. okay, the blue blood. It Because the blood, before the air hits the blue, the blood, it's blue. It's the right. color of the rainbow. And when blood is exposed to the air, then you see it as red. So it has that tint of being a blue blood. But that blue blood is links back to the cane to the seed line of Cain too. So when you say that, um, does that refer to it was a different color before the seed of Cain? So is is the seed of Cain, like is I, my blood is blue, I'm assuming. 
Yes. You know, it, look at my, you know, where you can see it through the vein. It's it has true. a blue tinge, but it hits air and it turns red. So how how do we separate who you call the blue bloods? Well, your blue blood goes back. It, it's the genealogy goes all the way back to Cain. That's all I can say at this point is that it goes all the way back to Cain. Okay, but assuming there's a different seed because there's a seed of Adam. There is a different seed. Now, some won't, I don't know how far to take this, Jeff, because some of this knowledge is so far over. The mind doesn't even know how to process some things, okay? I can but verify all your, that. <laughs> all of your presidents... Their blood is tested on a regular basis because you have to understand that the seed line of our presidents go back to Cain, the most of them. I'd say 65% of them probably go back to Cain, the seed line. The reason why they check the blood is they want to know if they've accepted Christ. If they've accepted Christ, their blood changes oh and that's what happened to kennedy is kennedy decided to go on a joy ride and he told his security he wanted to go on a joy ride and they said you can't do this because it's not in your schedule he said i want to go and let's go get the limousine up i'm going he took a country drive and he saw a little church way out in the country, and he says, stop there. They said, you can't go in there. He said, I want to go in there. I want to go into that church. They stopped the limousine. He got out. When he got to the front of the porch, he got on his knees, and he crawled to the front door of the church, opened it, and crawled to the mourner's bench. That's where, in those days, that's where you accepted Christ. There was always a bench there for that you could accept Christ. And he crawled to the mourner's bench. And he gave his heart to the Lord. He had a beautiful conversion. And his words that came from his mouth was, I never knew who I was. And I've never had joy until I prayed. Until I accepted wow. Jesus. It's the first time I've ever had a sense of who I am. Well, he was warned. You better get rid of this Jesus. You better denounce him. Because if you don't, you're dead, man. So if you really want to know why they killed him. That's the real reason why they killed him. Because when they checked his blood. It had changed. And of course, the life is in the blood. Life It's is all the about blood. the blood. Life is in the blood. Now... I want to bring out because uh, I dropped the bomb about uh, JFK remaining alive uh, in a veg vegetable state mm -hmm. um, a couple weeks ago. And so many people were perplexed by that. But I did say that I got that information from my good friend Cisco. So maybe we can just talk about your experience and what you saw. Uh, with him after the assassination. 
It's not. Oh, and this is going to lead so good into the next section. Oh, I just put it together. I didn't know this was going to happen. I can't take ownership to that as far as what I saw. It's what was told to me by a very important individual. It's not what I saw. I never saw it. But I was, but I was told exactly what had gone down. And uh, Kennedy, it was a double in the limousine. It was a double. And um, Kennedy was put on um, Onassis's island. And he lived for a period of time, several years. And that was the reason why Jackie married Onassis, so she could stay close to Kennedy. Kennedy never died at that point, but he was an invalid. I mean, he was a paraplegic. He, um, there really wasn't a whole lot left there because of the damage done to the brain. But um, it's true. But they but wanted, she, and she nursed him the rest of his days. She nursed him. Yes, she did. And but what? Now this will blow your mind, Jeff, because I haven't even shared this with you. Is that I was told at the time that they wanted to keep Kennedy alive because they wanted his seed line because he's a blue blood, and they wanted to make sure they kept him alive for that purpose for the bloodline. But they also told me that when the Antichrist comes, that he will be one of the gods that has risen. Now, how far you want to take that, I don't know. I can't take it any farther than that because I don't know. I was just told that he will stand as the Antichrist or with the Antichrist and that deadly wound. I I absolutely think that this is uh, part of the deception. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Or or one way, because listen, the the devil already always has redundancy. He has many different avenues to fulfill his word. Uh, That might've been one of them. It might be gone away now. It might be relevant today, but I also want to ask you a question because, because of who he was, And because he was still alive, and we've talked, you know, somewhat about necromancy, uh, but also using demons using the human authority, do you think that they have used his authority, uh, the system that is, throughout the years when he was in that vegetated state? Oh, absolutely, I do, yes. Yes, I do. And, and what type of things would they be trying to accomplish or, or doing with that? Well, they they want to... Out, out of his scene line can come another generation. And that generation would be rooted and grounded in the synagogues of Satan. Yeah, and so listen, as I say, we're planting some seeds here, but how does this all fit in with the Genesis 6 project? I wonder. Everything. 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 
everything because people don't understand how deep this hole goes this is a very this goes back to the fall of lucifer mm -hmm. uh, the bloodlines all the way back you've got the nephilim bloodlines and this nephilim rule is the very foundation for the antichrist it's spirit you know it's demonically controlled it is the synagogues of satan there's no way of getting around it you've got a bloodline and it's still growing satan has a seed he still has a seed line he's still producing and a couple things that jumped out at me, and I, I guess I'm just going to go circle back to the synagogue of Satan. A couple things that really jumped out at me with this Cisco is, first of all, he defines the outward circumcision and the inward circumcision. If you are inwardly circumcised, because you got to remember in, in the new covenant, um, it's not Israel and Egypt, for instance, anymore, although you could still refer to it as that. But really, it's born again and not born again. That's it's it's the wheat. That's and the all it comes down to. It comes down to the wheat and the tares. The wheat is the seed of righteousness, and the tares is the seed of Lucifer. That's right, and and we all are growing together, mm -hmm. but there is going to be a separation, mm -hmm. and this has been foretold, obviously. But the other thing that really stood out to me. And, you know, particularly in America, there has been this thing that says we have to stand by Israel. We have to stand by the Jews. And by the way, I have a lot of Jewish friends. I'm not condemning. We're not talking bad. Listen, I love all people. God has called me to love my neighbor, and I will love all my neighbors around the world. I'll even love my enemies. However... The Bible really conflicts with what has been programmed into us that we are supposed to completely just always be supporting and blessing the Jewish state of Israel. You can't. It's contrary to the word of God. Yes, God has a righteous seed. He does. And he loves the Jewish people. Most of them aren't Jews. See, the, I think the thing that agitates me the most about this topic is it's such a deep topic and you're wanting me to express it in two minutes and I can't do it because I'm a writer. And when I write, I write pages. So I can't shortcut this. But I'm telling you that... You have as much time as you like, Cisco. Yeah, well, there's not enough time. It'll take eternity. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, They are, the majority of those that call themselves Jews, they are not Jews. They're not Jews at all. They're not. They're the synagogue of Satan. And that is the, and what a trick of the enemy to fool the church to bring such deceit into the body of Christ and to be taught such a lie. Because these <laughs> People do not love our God. They don't even accept our Christ. Uh, but yet, but yet, church, send all your money to support 
God's people. How clever of them, honestly. It's the trick of the enemy because how the the Antichrist himself is coming through the bloodline of Cain. And yet you're bringing the spirit of Cain into your churches, into your pulpits. Your preachers are regurgitating this lie and say that we have to love them. Yes, we love God's people. Yes, there's no question about that. But you think God doesn't know the righteous seed from Satan's seed line? Wake up, church. You're bringing in the Antichrist and using... I think that I don't know how to explain it, Jeff. The thing that agitates me the most is the Christian church that's financing the new world order and bringing in the Antichrist, and they're going to set him in their pulpits. And I think that's the thing that agitates me the most. Yes. It just agitates me. You're financing the new world order. So there's a uh, an audio tape, uh, and it sounds like it's a phone call. It's between a Christian pastor and a... Uh, Jewish rabbi Abe Finkelstein. Uh, to listen, I, the it's a fake phone call. It's a it's a fake video that's out there. And by the way, it's it's on our Telegram uh, today. Uh, look on the main channel; it'll be posted there. It's ten minutes long. I highly suggest you listen. And I to tell it. you, that is not a fake phone call. Really, I know all about that phone call from many years ago. That is not a fake phone call. Well, that okay. Telling, so that man was telling he was telling it like it was. And you know why he was? Because they're that arrogant. It's because they know if they put it out there, you'll never believe it. The lie is too big, it's you'll lie, never the believe lie it. The lie is just too big. So let's tell them the truth and they'll regurgitate on it. Okay, so I believe you. I, I didn't think it was real, but what I was going real. to say, and, and so I'm willing to take your, your uh, word I've on that. For years. I've known it for years, all about, and I know when it was planned. But what I, what I would say to that is that the information in it is absolutely real. You better believe it is. <laughs> you better believe it is. And it talks <laughs> about the grand plan, and I can tell you, just listen to that 10-minute audio clip. I'm not going to play it here today because we have another clip I want to play. And I don't want to have Cisco sitting in the background for too long today because too many of you have been saying, when's Cisco coming on? When's Cisco coming? Particularly Sunday. Thank uh, you. I, thank you. I oh, my goodness. We, I get the request oh, so often. But this is such a hard subject, Jeff, because, you know, I I wonder in a lifetime how many times the family of God have been fed this lie and they believe this lie to be true. And exactly what was said on that audio tape, again, which will be posted on right on radio, main channel, telegram. Um, it, uh, it basically, it maps out what's happened the last 70 years. Yeah. Exactly what yeah. they've done. Yeah. Exactly what exactly they've done. Exactly what they've done. And you know, Jeff, before you go any farther, I just want to read this one little paragraph. It's called Christianized Sorcery out of my uh, Behold the White Horse. It's the 26th 
chapter, but I think this is really important because I would never want to wound any of your listeners. You know, it's not, I know what it is to have been lied to. I know what it is to be degraded. And I'm not trying to degrade any of you. You know, there's a time for learning. There's a time to know. It's not what you don't know. It's what you do with what you learn. That's right. And I think it's so important that if you've learned something today, grow. Ask the Lord for wisdom, understanding. But I want to read this little paragraph, if that's okay, Jeff. Please do. As Christians, we must not accept spiritual experiences and teaching that have been derived from cultic traditions. What we are talking about today is a cultic tradition that's been passed from generation to generation from you to the pulpit. For the devil is eager to mimic the genuine work of God. If you cannot find a scriptural foundation for the teachings and the experiences you see and hear in the churches, they should be rejected. They are Satan's counterfeit. Hang on to that word. What you have been taught is a counterfeit. It is important to understand the numerous techniques of Christianized sorcery and deviation within the church has been designed to give us a Tower of Babel, a vision for global unity. Satan is brilliantly skillful at taking age-old lies, which is the seed line, and disguising them in subtleness. How subtle he's been by giving us an apple. Mm-hmm. While slowly but surely introducing them to those who insist they believe in the infallible authority of the Bible. The infallible authority of the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's not all these hidden books that are going to come out. Although, listen, God might have some real treasures that he's going to bring out. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But unless it lines up perfectly with the Bible, I will reject it. That's right. There's a lot of history out there. There'll be a lot of history, but uh, who, who wrote it? It wasn't divinely given. It wasn't inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's got to be. And believe me, you'll know the truth. If you're born again and you're asking God for uh, for understanding and wisdom and the spirit of the Lord to teach you truth, I promise you, if you're sincere with God, you pick up one of those books, you'll know it's not of God because the Holy Spirit will give witness to it. That's right. And anything I say, anything, Jeff, you say, God knows we're speaking the truth. And if you have a heart and a spirit that wants to receive truth, you'll know we're telling you the truth. We may not have the perfect words. I don't, you know, personally, Jeff, I don't like talking. I do not like, I'm being obedient because the Lord says I have to. But believe me, I don't like it. I like to write because it's quiet. And I can express myself in my writing where I have a difficult time verbally speaking, because I was shut down so tight as a child. I was programmed so heavily, no talking, 
you don't talk. You so when the Lord it. says you must suffer these things, he meant about your appearances on Right On Radio. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely did. I mean, it's a torture. It's a torture chamber for me. <laughs> I do not like it. You know, if I had my way, I'd go sit on the back row. I would never show my face. I'd never show myself to be present anywhere. I want to hide. I want to go away. Yeah. There's where I want to be in the natural, but God says, no, even with your fumbling words, you're going to be obedient because I've called you. It's not where I want to be in the natural. In the spirit, I want to be obedient. Yeah. So, yeah, we I open doors, yes, and I go into tunnels and deep spaces and that I know the church doesn't understand and they're going to be mad at me. But you know what? I'm not responsible for how they respond to what I say. I'm only responsible for my obedience before the Father. That's my calling because, you know, I still ask the Lord, why, Lord? What is my calling? Why did you allow me to live at two pounds and one ounce? And I'm going towards 80 years old now, Jeff. Can you believe it? I'm going that, I'm getting there very quickly. And <laughs> I'm going, Lord, it's been all these years. And I still ask, what is my calling? Because, see, I know that when God created me, my calling was in my conception. It was birthed into my heart, into my soul. And we all have a calling. We all have a ministry. And we all have a purpose. And every purpose and calling is so special before the Lord. Because just like he created the whole world out of his heart of love, when he gave you a calling and a ministry, it was covered in his love. He was so covered in his love. And when I think about his love, that when he created me and he created you in the world, I go, I want to be obedient because I know that when he gave me that calling, it was out of his heart of love for me. You, you know, you and I have that in common, uh, Cisco, because I never wanted to show my face. That's why we started right on radio. It's just an audio thing. I was willing to lend my voice out there, but I said, you know, no way I'm ever putting my face on camera. <laughs> but, then, but then God said, uh, there's a whole bunch of people who you will not reach. Yeah. And so, you know, we have to get uncomfortable. Uh, it, listen, I, I was nervous doing these broadcasts on video literally till a couple months ago. <laughs> I would get really? nervous. I'm not, I'm not so nervous now. But, you know, it's uh, it, we, we're getting a lot of truth out there. But you said something, uh, well, first of all, you read from your book and we're going to revisit that chapter in a moment, but you know, you said something really interesting and that's about the, the fake church, the fake anointing on the church, and, but the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what is truth and what isn't truth. Oh, yeah. So I want to play a clip on the Holy Spirit. And this is by someone very, very famous. Uh, and by the way, it's a black and white video. It's old. Uh, for those of you on Podbean, you don't have to see the uh, the video. It's the words. Uh, but it's old and they spoke a little bit different. And this was someone who was very renowned, who would speak, uh, you know, in front of large, large audiences who did TV appearances, uh, was known as really a prophetess and, uh, and a Holy Spirit filled person. So I'm going to introduce to the audience, the person 
of Catherine Coleman. That starts with a K, K U H L M O N, I believe. Uh, yeah, sorry, K U H L M A N. I was correct. So let me just play this clip, Cisco. It's only about four minutes long because she is talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And I think it's very important that you hear this, and then we're going to discuss afterwards, and you might be surprised what we say. Here, Here we go. Oh, I guess I have to get to play. If Jesus could trust the Holy Spirit, and he did, Jesus staked everything that he had on the Holy Ghost. Remember that. Never forget it. The Son of the Living God staked absolutely everything, and I do not need to be sacrilegious when I word it just as I have. I mean it just when Jesus walked this earth, he was as much man as he were not God. That's the reason he could have yielded to temptation. If Jesus could not have yielded to those temptations, then those temptations would have been a farce. And the secret of those miracles and the life and ministry of Jesus was the Holy Spirit. That same glorious resurrection power that walked into that tomb and raised to Jesus from the dead. And when Jesus went away, this to me is so thrilling. Love is something that you do. You can't love without giving. You just cannot love without giving. Remember that wonderful conversation that Jesus had with the Father? When he reminded the Father, when he said, These that thou hast given unto me, the church, this glorious body of believers, these, Father, that thou hast given unto me, And you and I are God's gift to his son. The church is precious. Oh, if you only knew how precious is the church. How precious is the bride of Christ if you could only understand. Sometimes we get glimpses of it. So often I wonder how many of us realize how precious is the church. It's God's gift to his son. How precious is the bride of Christ. It's the father's gift to his son. You can't love without giving. You can That's the reason just before Jesus went away, he gave 
to the church. The greatest gift that was possible for him to give. There was no greater gift that Jesus could give to his own. There was no greater gift that he could give to the church. And the person who had been so faithful, the one who had not failed him, Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What power? The same power that had been manifested in his ministry, in his life. The one who had not failed him. Uh-oh, it seems that I've lost Cisco. Oh, boy. Well, I hope she comes back. Just give me a second. I Unfortunately, I can't pause this recording, but I'm going to phone her real quick. I wish I didn't turn off my phone because Cisco is going to break some news. But I want, while I'm uh, just turning on my phone and I'm going to dial her real quick. I want you to think about the words that were said before we played the video and the words during the video. How precious is the church? How precious is the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church and the power that comes with it? Even the authority that comes with it. Oh, here we go. Oh, I can't take that one. <laughs> I turn on my phone and it's ringing already. Uh, just give me a second here. I apologize. But I'm going to do this live, so I'll even put the speaker here. I'm calling Cisco right now. Cisco, you dropped off. I'm still here. I'm live. You're 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 on you're on the radio on the phone. My computer literally blacked out. Oh, was it plugged in? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm fully charged. Oh, I. It, it, I mean, you disappeared. Everything disappeared. I had to reload, reboot. Okay, so uh, is it booting up now? All right. Well, I'm going to wait for you to come back in. Okay. Uh, so while while you're while you're working on that and and okay, I, I'm up, Jeff. Just a second. All right. Perfect. Well, hold on. I'm going to keep you on the phone till I hear your voice on the computer. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think the devil wants the uh, this information to get out that we're about to bring forward, Cisco. Use the hammer. Uh, here you go. Okay, can I hang up? Yes. Okay. So, first of all, Cisco, 
thank you for coming back. We thank God for you. Um, before we get into it, um, there's a lot of clips I could have played from Catherine Coleman. But I thought that one was the right one to play because she talks about the Holy Spirit and she talks about how precious the church is and how the Holy Spirit is a gift to the church and how much power there is by knowing the spirit that was given to the church. What say you? Why don't you shock me just a little bit? Catherine Kuhn, that when you when you when I heard her voice, I recognized her immediately. Goes back to 1966, 67, probably the end of 1967, first part of 1968 was the first time I met her. And it was out of California, and there was thousands and thousands of people there. And I walked into where she was and I didn't understand who she was or what she was. But I'll tell you what, I left quickly because I knew in my spirit something was terribly wrong. What's going on here? I, I was too young. I was in my early 20s. I, I, I think I was just barely 20, maybe 19. But I knew in my spirit there was something wrong with this. Something's going on. Why? Where did all these thousands and thousands of people come from? And why... Why are they flocking to her? And what is there about her that they're worshiping her? She became a goddess to them, a spiritual goddess. And I knew that wasn't right. So it wasn't until, I mean, I stayed away from her. And those in my group as a minister's wife, we didn't associate with her and her ministry. Uh, so it wasn't until about 2000, 2004, that a minister from Japan, Kushi-san, wanted to talk to me about Catherine Kuhlman. And I said, by that time, I had been in therapy, you know, for over 20 years. So I had a lot of my memories. And I told him, I flat out told him, I said, she was a mother goddess. And I said she was set, sent to the Pentecostal churches and the churches as a whole to bring in the spirit of the Antichrist and to bring in the spirit, the Kundalini magic. Now, when that. you say mother goddess, do you mean a mother of darkness or well, is that a different term? It's a different term, it, but she was very high within the Illuminati. She was a bloodline, but she was the first uh, woman to be, take, uh, to be put out there in the spiritual domain to to bring in she was the forerunner just like john the baptist was a forerunner she was the forerunner to bring in the the false gifts of the holy spirit and the kundalini magic into the pulpits and i at the highest levels when we get into the rosicrucians and the masons and but at the very highest levels the Kabbalah, it is this Kundalini magic. Right, right. And so and these people who call themselves Jews that are not Jews, mm -hmm. 
this is what they're operating in. So we're talking about the Rothschilds. We're yeah. talking about the Rockefellers. We're talking about all these families. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. So, Kathy, I mean, it took my breath away when I heard her voice because uh, I recognize her body language. Mm. Everything about her is demonically controlled. But and she was just dramatic, that, they would say. She was oh, dramatic. Oh. Yeah. She was doing I, word magic. She was doing ritualistic moves with her hands. Absolutely. and Everything absolutely. was calculated. Absolutely. Even her voice was hypnotic. Her voice was very hypnotic. And um, Kushi-san said, what do you know about her? And I told him what I knew about her. And he wrote, a, he studied, came to the United States and studied her for over a year. And then he wrote a book for the Japanese people around who she was and what she was. Now, Benny Hinn goes to Catherine Kuhlman's grave once a year and calls up her spirit, which yeah, that is called ecumancy. And Catherine Kuhlman passed her false anointing over to Benny Hinn. Um, yeah. Yeah, Benny Hinn, yes. So see how deep this pool of contamination goes, it's so deep. So you got Catherine Kuhlman, who had a who was a witch, practiced Kundalini magic, was the first mother goddess to, to take the false anointing into the Pentecostal churches and the churches as a whole to bring in this false spirit of the Antichrist. You got Benny Hinn who worships her and goes to her gravesite, calls up her spirit once a year. He's the only one that has a key to where her grave is because it's gated. And he's the only one that has the key. He's the only one that's allowed to go into this particular area where her body is. Hey, church, you better wake up who you're following. Can I read this real quick, Jeff? Yes, please. Okay. If I had a word for it, I'd call this Jesus spirit, what you heard coming out of Catherine Kuhlman's mouth, that anointing is called a Jesus spirit. It's not the spirit of the Most High God or Yeshua HaMashiach. It is a Jesus spirit. There are many, many, many Jesus spirits. And just because you call on the name of Jesus doesn't mean you're calling on Jehovah God. This Jesus spirit is, an, is very impressive and has the ability to manifest many paranormal effects to gratify the flesh. And what I saw when I was in my, you know, in my, I think I was almost 20. What I saw was gratification of the flesh. These people went crazy over her. And you're, then you're dealing with utmost attractions 
Line wonders. Line wonders. So what was she establishing in the churches? She was bringing in that false anointing that covered the churches like a sheath or a covering. It was like a sheath, a covering. That false anointing is like a sheath. It's, it just covers you. Have you been to a church where the spirit is so thick and people are laughing like crazy? Some people might start barking like a dog. Yes. This is the false yeah. anointing. This is the Kundalini spirit. See, it's this same spirit, Jeff, that is preparing the way for the Antichrist and his astonishing miracles. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. It's the spirit of Catherine Kuhlman that screwed its filth throughout the churches. The church has always been the highest prize mm -hmm. for them to get. And again, who are the people who go to church? Well, you know, I, I would say those who are born again are probably the seed of Adam. Those who are not or are yet to be, you know, because some people uh, will be, I, I listen, I think God is redeeming his seed <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, so if there's a tugging on your heart and by the way, correct me if you think I said something wrong there, uh, Cisco. No, you're fine. This anointing, Jeff, yeah, go ahead, please. The anointing that comes with that Kundalini spirit is so powerful. And the churches have been so deceived because you've got angel feathers that fall. You've got, and angels don't have feathers, by the way. And then you've got gold dust falling. You've got worshipers with gold fillings and gold crosses appearing in their teeth. Satan has the ability to do all of this. This is the manifestation that the Antichrist is going to have. See, what the church doesn't understand and where they're deceived is they think it's godly. But it has nothing to do with God at all. Because Satan has no beauty of his own. But he does understand the fallen nature of man. Remember that. He, fall, he understands the fallen nature of man. Signs and wonders and physical senses and temporal pleasure enchant the fallen sons of Adam. You know, there was a movement that uh, happened, I, and I was a brand new Christian, Cisco, and mm -hmm. it, it was called the Toronto Blessing. Oh, that holy laughter. The, so... Being a brand new Christian, I had heard about all this excitement and I went down to check it out. And it, to be honest, I probably went about six or seven times. It wasn't that far of a drive. Uh, but I quickly thought, okay, there's something wrong here. Uh, this just doesn't feel right. And I felt power in that room. Don't get me wrong. It, the first time I went there, I felt like I was being blessed. I really did feel that. The worship was awesome. 
But I'm telling you, it was a different manifestation. And then there was another time, and I didn't know any better uh, as well, but I was with uh, some people. We went to a, uh, it was a deep time of prayer. Uh, we did worship and then we prayed. It was a gathering, you, you know, specifically to just pray and uh, and worship. And uh, it's funny because I'll never forget the fact that when we went to pray, they dimmed the lights so that uh, we wouldn't be distracted by anything. And I thought that was weird. And I didn't understand it. Look, I didn't know dark to light. I didn't all the, know all this stuff back then. But at the end of the thing, and there was about 20 of us there, about 10 of us, myself included, I was wearing a green t-shirt and it was covered with gold flake, real gold flake. And you know what? I never went back. Good for you. Didn't know, but I knew not to go back. Well, God but now that we're learning all these things, I'm putting the pieces together myself. Well, you know, we have to understand that Satan will always pull God's people down to his level. He'll always assign him human attributes and failings. And what I'm trying to say here is that Satan, he can't discern God's infinite wisdom and his power. He can't. But he still has a plan. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men. I know that's really deep. But that's what Satan does. He always pulls you down to his level, to corruptible men, to the spirit of, of that false anointing. Gold, the, feathers. The scariest thing carnal, is, carnal, carnal. The scariest thing is, though, Cisco, because, you know, now it's gone even more mainstream and we're not talking about this, you know, the outward display like Benny Hinn throwing his coat and these fireballs going out and knocking over the first three rows. It's gotten even more subtle now. And absolutely. And it is really a great deception and just listen to her words how precious is the church. And she even alludes to the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, so how do, well, I, you know what? I'm going to wrap up with this, Cisco. Um, so right before I do, I just want to encourage anyone uh, listening. Uh, this is chapter 26 in Behold a White Horse by Cisco Wheeler. Uh, look, the book is going to blow your mind. Uh, she is, Cisco is such a detailed writer. Um, 
there is so much depth in this book. And if you want a complete work, because it really is a complete work of and understanding all of this, this is one of the greatest resources that you can take from someone who has a deep love and passion for the real God most high and who was anointed by the real God most high and God most high was able to defragment her memories and things like that because yes, she was programmed. Uh, you know, there's still issues with that, but she can, she has a gift in writing and I highly encourage you to, uh, to check out that book and join her Patreon as well. But Cisco, uh, because there's really only one way to separate the wheat from the chaff in this case, and even in a church you're going to, and I'll just mimic some of the things that, uh, that I've learned. And I don't think every pastor who has a 501c3 is bad. Not every pastor knows the stuff that we've been learning about as we go, but I would say to you that maybe that's something you should look at for sure. But then there is only one way to really know the difference. And Cisco, what I would like to do is I'd like you to pray over the audience to have that one true way and to have the faith and to believe the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit reveals inside of you what is right and what is wrong. So would you mind leading us in that prayer, Cisco? Yes, our gracious Heavenly Father, we just humbly come before your throne, Father God, Yeshua HaMashiach, as we come before your throne, Father. We just ask you, Father God, to release the Holy Spirit to do the work of our, your fa of our Father in each and every one of us. Father, we ask you, Lord, to apply the fire, the water, and the wind of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we know that the water washes and the fire burns out any stronghold that would exalt itself above the Most High God. And the, and the, wind, of the, Holy, the wind of the Holy Spirit escorts any demonic stronghold that would lift its head above your name, Father, that would exalt itself above your name. And Father, we apply the blood of Yeshua HaMashiach in our calling, in our ministry, in our prayer today, Father. Lord, we have a, we have a sin-sick nation. We have a sin-sick church. We have a sin-sick world. And the only answer, Lord, that we have is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we know that you died at Calvary. You took 39 stripes upon your body for the healing of our bodies, and you were wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And Lord, we know that only through the, your blood, Father, that we can accept you as Lord and Savior. So Lord, we ask you, Lord, to move in each and every heart represented here today and throughout time, Lord, throughout history as those that hear this broadcast. We know that these words live on in eternity. But Lord, we ask you, Lord, to let your spirit move in the hearts, into the hearts 
of mankind, Father, into the hearts of, this is very, it's been one of those days. Sorry, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, Holy Spirit, for the interruption. But Lord, we just ask you, Lord, to minister to each and every person represented here today, Father. Let the Holy Spirit do the work of the Father. We know that each and every living soul is beautiful before your eyes. And you want to bring each of us into that plan of salvation to know you as Lord of Lord and King of Kings and to see you as the soon coming King. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, to pour out your anointing over each of our lives, direct our path, give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding of your word and let your word come alive in our spirit. And Lord, we know that because of the false teachings and because of the false anointing, many people feel stunned and, and un, like they're lifeless. But Lord, we know that their soul is deep within the soul. We know that, that their soul could rise up and let there be a new light, a new revelation, knowledge, a new moving of the Holy Spirit in each soul, body, soul, and spirit, that they will come alive in you and they will seek truth and they will know truth because it'll be given by the witness of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knoweth all things and is all things and it will direct each and every path. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, to put your light upon our lives, Lord, cover us, put your crown of righteousness upon our heads. And Lord, if there's any out there that do not know you today, may they know that you love them with an undying love, that you created them from the foundations of the earth. You created them out of your heart of love. And there is nothing that they have done that God cannot and will not forgive. May they humble themselves before you where they are. May they just bow their knee and say, Father God, I acknowledge that you are the Son of God, that you died, you rose, and that you were born of a virgin birth. And I acknowledge these things. And I ask you, Lord, to take away every sin in my life. Yes. And I acknowledge you today as Lord of my life. Let me grow in you. Teach me your ways. Lead me upon that path of righteousness for the kingdom of God, that you might be glorified in all that I do and all that I say. This is my heart. And bring each and every one closer to the heart of God. Teach us your ways, Father. Lead us into your truth. Set us free, Father, from the fowls of the enemy. Set us free from the bondage of this world, Lord, and let us rise above this earth into a place of rest and peace and knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Let us rest in you, Father. Let us just rest in you. All things work together for good for those that are called according to your purpose and according to your will. And Lord, we know because we are a living soul, we have been all we have been called. If there's someone out there that says, well, I can't have just Lord, I don't know him. And I can't be called. That's a lie of the enemy. You, we were all chosen. That's Before right. the foundations of the earth were laid, you were created out of his heart of love. And you are chosen to be a child of God. You're chosen. God says he doesn't want any to perish. But he loves all of us. So just ask him. Just in a simple childlike way. God doesn't expect you to have understanding of spiritual things when you've not walked in the spirit. He only wants you to have faith as a child and say, I acknowledge you, Lord, and I know I'm a sinner. See, we all know we're sinners. 
Nobody has to tell us we're a sinner. We know it. We know as children when we do wrong that we did wrong. But it's through life as the mind becomes callous that we stop looking at our sin and we just keep going and getting deeper into the things of darkness. It's not that we don't know. We do know. I knew as a four-year-old child the things that were being done to me, that they were wrong. Because my spirit taught me as a small child, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And I did not want to be a partaker of it because I knew it was wrong and I fought them. Jessie, she knew it was wrong and she fought them. But see, in the pool of contamination, there's a lot of us that know, recognize sin to be sin. So just humble yourself before the Lord and just say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I need you to wash me in your blood and let me become a child of the kingdom, a child of God. That is what God wants to hear from your heart. Just humble yourself. And you know, it's beautiful how God changes us. The scripture says it is precept upon precept, line upon line. And that's true because I look back even over my own life and I go, Oh my goodness, Lord, how these things that I worried about 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, they, he changes us. It's step by step. It's just like when you accept Christ, see yourself as an infant child that has just been born and you're going to nurse upon the milk of the mother or the mother, which is Jesus, because we all have to come as infants. We all have to come as small toddlers and as children, as adolescents, as young women, young men, as mothers, teachers. So don't be hard on yourself where you are. Don't let the enemy beat you down because you don't know some of these things. Don't let the enemy beat you with anything because he brought you. It was appointed this day that you would learn this, not yesterday or not tomorrow. But it was an appointed time in your book of records when you stood before the Lord. This is the day the Lord said, you will learn of these things. So don't, don't be hard on yourself. If you've been a partaker, you've went, been set under this false teaching, and this false anointing, and this holy laughter, just repent. It's so simple. And ask the Holy Spirit, if I have a mantle over me, if I have anything over me connected to these spirits, these Kundalini spirits, I ask you to release the fire and the water and the wind of the Holy Spirit. And Father, I give you permission to let the Holy Spirit do your work in my life and ask the Holy Spirit to remove that sheath off of you. It's so simple. And more than anything else, Jeff, God wants to do it. He wants to do it for each and every one of us. You're so right. And, and by the way, I come into 100% agreement with that prayer. And so when two or more are gathered, God is sure to show up. And if you were saying that prayer along with us, I know yeah. that you're going to be blessed by it. And uh, now your job is to believe that prayer. Yeah. But you know what? I saved something for the very end, Cisco. <laughs> You did. Well, you shocked me already. How many shocks can I take in one day? <laughs> <laughs> well, this won't come as a shock. Okay. However, I did it on purpose today. Oh, no. And what I did was I know 
that when we go into prayer at the end, a lot of people drop off the broadcast. Ah, I don't need to pray. They do. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, well, you can see it. It happens. So I'm going to say something after this because so the people who drop off when we start to pray, and, and it's a small part of our audience, they just want the intel. But I started this broadcast by saying that there is going to be some things in this broadcast that are going to plant some seeds in your life. Mm -hmm. And God, over the days, the weeks, the months ahead, is going to be revealing things to you. And by the way, I don't know exactly what that re revelation is, I, but I know it's for you. I know it's for me. Here's what I want you to do. You're going to have homework today. Everything, and we didn't, we don't script this, but the main points that were brought out today on this broadcast were purposeful. So, a recap mm -hmm. Synagogue of Satan, Catherine Coleman, Benny Hinn. Where does it go from Benny Hinn? And and I'm I'm just I'm just giving you intel diggers a little bit of digging to do. Does he have kids? Are they in ministry? Who else is around? Who else has that spirit about them? Because they are people who profess jesus christ but they're professing not the same god most high that we talk about they're confessing the jesus spirit and so there's not going to be any great bombshell that you're going to find out by digging in these things but as you put all of these pieces together the Lord is going to start revealing things to you. I know that's because he told me this. And I'm being a lot more bold than I was uh, even a month ago. Because, let's face it, the fight is real right now. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, not, uh, there's not time to... to not be coming out and saying these things. So uh, trust in God, trust in that prayer. Yes. Any any final words before we go, Cisco? Trust yourself. Oh, that God cool. wants to have a relationship with you. See, it's not what Cisco says. It's not what Jeff says. It's what God says. And it's not what we say. Take it to the Lord. Ask for truth. He'll show you truth. He'll give you the witness in your spirit that the things we've said are true. But trust yourself. Begin to have a relationship with the, a relationship with the Father that is communication. You know, 
some of the sweetest times I've ever had with the Lord is when I'm making cookies or making bread or going out to my garden and talking to the Lord about my beautiful flowers where I just feel that sweet presence of the Holy Spirit would cover me and I'd say, I feel that love. That's the love that you created the world out of that same love that I feel as I touch that flower and I see how beautifully it was made and created. That love that fills my spirit. But see, we have to open ourselves up to that love. And you know, the Lord showed me something about myself the other day. He woke me up in the middle of the night and he said, you still have a part of your heart that you haven't given me. Yeah. I said, Lord, what? He said, I want your whole heart. He said, I know your heart was broken, but can you trust me now with your whole heart? I said, Lord, I want to. I choose to step into your righteousness and give you my whole heart, my all of my heart, but I don't know how. But I give it to you. I give it to you. I choose to give you my heart. And I did. The Lord let me see a piece of my heart that was closed up really tight where I kept my mustard seed of faith. But nobody could touch it because that's the thing that kept me alive. And I haven't given God that little piece of mustard seed that I hid so deep. So I wouldn't let anyone steal my mustard seed of faith. But in locking everyone else out in that part of my life, I also locked God out. Not intentionally, not intentionally at all, but as a small child, I protected everything because I had to. Now I have to hear I'm almost 80 years old and now I'm going to have to say truthfully, willfully, wanting to be obedient, making that choice to say, I give you my whole heart. You know, that reminds me of, uh, of the song, I Surrender All. And I, you know, the church where I first got saved used to sing that all the time. And, I surrender all, all to and, Jesus. And, so, and sometimes I'd sing along with it. And sometimes I thought I'm being a hypocrite because I know there's pieces of me that I haven't handed over to the Lord yet. Uh, there's parts of my life that I still uh, met much more than I would like to publicly admit I have not handed over to the Lord yet. Mm -hmm. Well, you um, know, Jeff, we're all survivors. You don't have to be involved as a child in satanic things not to be a survivor. And this is, I've had people say, but your sin is so much, or your pain is so much greater. That's not true. Because we're all survivors of the sin nature. Yes. And you need to remember that it's so important that you remember we're all survivors of the fall of Lucifer, of the sin nature. And God is changing us layer upon layer, layer precept upon precept. But it's, if God revealed everything to us all at once, we could never, we, we could wouldn't never, function. Never, we could never handle it. Never could we handle the sin nature. All in one piece. But out of his love, he changes us from glory to glory. But the time is getting short and he is yeah. 
he's giving us the tools for the great harvest, which yes. is yeah. your job and it's my job. Um, we're not any different. You on the other side of this screen, on the other side of my voice, you and I are not different. Not any different. We're all called to do the same thing. Right. And that is to, first of all, accept God, honor God, and then do his work. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not upon your own understanding. That's really powerful. Trust in the Lord. See, when the Lord said, you haven't given me all your heart, I wanted to trust in the Lord with all my heart. But my mind says, lean upon your own understanding. You can't do this because who's going to protect you? If I don't protect me, who's going to protect me as a small child? Me. Right. I mean, what you said is very powerful. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not upon thine own understanding. Boy, and that's you, the flesh getting out of the way, right? And when you pray, and it, when you pray in accordance to the Father's will, which is easy to know because he wrote a book about it, right. believe your prayer. This is the number one thing that I believe the enemy is scared of you knowing. Oh, absolutely. Well, see, when a prayer is brought before the throne of God, and and first we come before the Lord with a repentant heart, we should never enter into his courts and praise without first going through a cleansing. Because when we enter into his praise with praise and thanksgiving, then comes prayer. For, so, uh, forgiveness, prayer, or I'm sorry, forgiveness, praise, and worship, and then prayer and when you when you go through these the stages just as god created the world and everything that god is was within himself then we can stand with holy hands before him then our prayers become eternalized they are eternal just and it doesn't matter what we think if it's bathed out of the heart of love, it's eternal because we're standing in his righteousness. Our prayers become worthy before the throne of God through the mercy seat. As God, the father says that he prays continually through the mercy seat before the father. So see, we get out of God's way. We can see a whole different way how God functions. And there are things. About what I just said. Think about what I just said. We come first with repentance and then praise and worship and then our prayers because we're in within holiness, standing in his righteousness. He's made our prayers worthy to go before the blood, before the throne of God. Then your prayers become eternal. So when I pass on my prayers for my children and you and my Patreon family that I have fallen in love with and with you, Jeff, and your Patreon or your family and Jesse and her family, I pray for all of you. Because why? Because I know they're eternal. I just love that point that you brought out because we only touched on it the other day and you've just expanded people's uh, minds in their uh but we were talking about there are certain things that you steward that do go past the grave and do follow you. 
And Cisco, we should do a whole show on that. Uh, I get excited because I need my prayers to go. You know, when we ask the Lord to bless our seed line, that's really important. Lord, bless my seed line. Let me have a righteous seed line. A seed line where my the, the men become ministers and the women become wives. And you know what I'm saying? Or whatever the Lord's ministry is for them. Uh, that bloodline is really needs to be covered in through the blood of Jesus. It needs to be covered. And really, and, really important. And, and speaking so, of which, I get to see my grandson today. You speaking do? of that beautiful oh, uh, line. Exciting. And I'll tell you, he is prayed up. I'm, I've mentioned on, you know, how much I'm impressed with my daughter, but I want to say something for his father. Uh, my son-in-law, he is a man of God. And the way he prays over More his son and stuff, I'm so thrilled. God has blessed me with this man in uh, in my family's life. So I want to. I'm. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you, God. But listen, we got to leave it there. Okay. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, thank you, Cisco, for being there. And I want. Speaking of uh, of children. I want to thank, I won't mention the name because of privacy, but I want to thank Cisco's daughter for helping <laughs> to get our technical situation working better because I've been really wanting to have Cisco on, but it drove me nuts last time I could not see her beautiful, shining face. Thank so, you, Yeah, my daughter, uh, she just popped up. She says, hi, mom, anything I can do for you today? I said, oh, yes. She says, oh, well, okay. She's very good when it comes to her computers. I love my daughter. She's, yeah. she's a jewel to me. Absolutely. She's to her mama. Well, listen, let's leave it there, Cisco. Thank you yeah. once again. And thank you for, for listening. By the way, uh, no commercial, but if you haven't yet, what's stopping you? MyLibertyStand.com. Hey, remember, love your... God, love your community as yourself, your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. Yes, amen. <laughs>